Let's begin. The, the real story begins with John Lilly. This man named John Lilly, who is an incredible, fascinating human being, he wrote a book called Man and the Dolphin. And he wondered, what if we were able to communicate with dolphins? Researchers have wondered before, you know, could animal, could we learn animal languages? You know, you see two monkeys communicating. It's pretty clear that they're saying something to each other. It's pretty clear that they understand each other. Can we figure out what they're saying? And Lily wanted to know if we could teach an animal human language. And this has kind of been done with, with certain primate species, but he chose the dolphin due to its intricate brain. And he wondered, can we teach the dolphin English? Now, you might be wondering, you're like, that's kind of weird. The animal's underwater. How's it going to speak to us? And if you look up the footage of this, I mean, it is absolutely stunning. I mean, the dolphin's getting close to words, but what it, it, it's really good at patterns. And it's good at, like, if a person enunciates something in a certain way, the dolphin can mimic that. So, for example, if you said, do you want some pizza? The dolphin would be like, and it's not saying the words, but it's saying it in the same pattern, which indicated to these researchers that it had, you know, some capability to do some level of communication, which, you know, that's not a satisfying thing to hear. It'd be awesome if you could fucking teach it to talk. Okay, so the beginning. Lily writes a book, Man and the Dolphin. And he postulates, he wonders, you know, can we teach this incredible creature to speak English? And this book gets the attention of a lot of people. At the time, um, I believe it was Francis Drake, uh, maybe I'm, I'm uh, saying the wrong first name, but he was trying to communicate with aliens. He was trying to send out signals into the universe, hoping to get a signal back. So it wasn't super far-fetched for somebody to say, hey, let's get the animals to talk. Let's see what the animals are thinking. And the way Lily, like, kind of propositioned this, <laughs> he believed that the dolphin could offer an interesting perspective on reality. <laughs> think about how, okay, so first off, think about how, like, creative and beautifully insane you have to be to, <laughs> to, to be like, hey, let's get, the, let's get the dolphins to talk English. And then on top of that, you're saying they can probably offer us a unique insight. And, and of course, of course they could if they could talk, but his brain had to accept the, the, the reality that dolphins could talk, and then he started to wonder, if they could talk, what would they say? And that's such a beautiful thing, man. That gets me excited. Like, I love reading about Lily's shit because Lily was so far out the fucking box, dude. There's a box, and then there's like a sphere, and then there's a rectangle, and then all of that is housed in like our dimension, and Lily was operating outside of that dimension. And that's why I fucking love Lily. He did a lot of unethical shit, and we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, <laughs> but it's like when it's in the past, you can always criticize it. You can be like, that was fucked up. But you can also find it very fascinating. Like if it's going on right now and you're not speaking out against it, then you're in trouble. But, you know, it's okay to say like, okay, that guy was cool as shit back then, even though he was doing a lot of fucked up shit. But if someone's doing it right now, if someone's giving dolphins acid, you should probably say that's messed up, you know? But I guess I'm just trying to justify my own thoughts on this matter. Okay, so Lily gets the attention of the world with his book, Wondering Can Dolphins Speak English? And then he gets the attention of NASA. NASA gives him some money because NASA was, you know, rolling in the bread at that time, unlike now. 
And it's so crazy, but NASA funds an experiment to see if dolphins can communicate with humans. And this is where Margaret Lovett comes in. She is tasked with interacting with the dolphins, trying to get them to speak. She spends hours and hours with them every single day trying to communicate. And and each night, they all go home, you know, 10 p.m., whatever. They all hop in their cars and they go home. And Lovett starts to wonder, like, what if I stayed here all night? Like, would we make more progress if I stayed here all night? And she says that to Lily, like, what if we made like this giant indoor pool thing where I would literally sleep on a bed in the water with a dolphin? And Lily being the dopest, let's not say dope, let's say that he's just a wild, uh, wild man who's a fan of unique ideas. Lily's like, yeah, let's do that. Let's allow you to sleep on a bed in the water with a dolphin, and we'll also uh, have a desk that kind of hovers over the water so you can write down some of your thoughts. How's that? And Margaret, obviously ecstatic. She gets to spend more time with these dolphins. Um, So she chooses to spend time with a dolphin named Peter. There were three dolphins they were studying. Peter did not have a whole lot of language training, and Peter was like a young, horny little dolphin. So she chose to spend six days a week um, all day long inside this giant pool with Peter, and then on the seventh day, she would leave, and Peter would go and hang out with the other two dolphins. Um, And that's where things, you know, start to get interesting. The first night Margaret's there, she starts to wonder. She's like, huh, I'm sitting, I'm laying here, you know, in the water. It's dark. There's a dolphin in here, and there's other people who are, at home, eating dinner, she started wondering, like, what the hell am I doing with my life, (laughs) like, and just imagine that, like, you're alone in this room, about to go to sleep, just, and it all starts to sink in, no pun intended, like, you're just floating in the water, you're just like, what the fuck am I doing with my life, I'm laying here with a dolphin, (laughs) like, um, you know, she's not laying with the dolphin, dolphins in the water, but it's like, it's still like, is this the right move, and then she convinced herself, of course it is, like, this is, potentially groundbreaking research. If I can get this creature to talk, I've truly done something, you know? So, and I find all of it magnificent up until this point. I'm just like, holy shit. Like, think about, like, just think about how incredible and unique that is, the novelty factor of that. There was a human who laid in in a body of water, and a dolphin was next to it, and they were friends. And when she wasn't around him, she missed him. And that's where it starts to get a little weird. So all day long, you know, she's uh, she's interacting with Peter the dolphin, and she has language lessons twice a day where she gets Peter to try to say things. And Peter gets distracted. Peter's an adolescent dolphin, and Peter wants to come. And what they would do earlier is they would, you know, when Peter needed to come, he would they would take Peter to the other dolphins, Pamela and Sissy, and Pamela and Sissy would get their freak on with Peter. But Margaret was like, you know what, like, it's a whole, it's a whole debacle, it's a whole spiel, it's a whole thing of taking Peter out of here and carrying him over there, why don't I just make him come? And gradually, you know, it was probably every day, maybe a couple times a day, she was making Peter nut, and I don't know where the nut went, um, yesterday I watched a video of a man jerking off an orca into a Ziploc bag, and I know where that nut went, that nut went into a Ziploc bag, but in the case of this orca, or in the case of uh, this dolphin named Peter, I don't know where his nut went. Anywho, 
So that was the reason she was jerking him off. She was jerking him off because it was getting in the way of the lessons. And that's how she justified it. She basically said, okay, this is not sexual for me. She described it as sensual, activating the senses, but this is not sexual for me. It is sexual for Peter, but as long as I can, you know, make this a smooth process, we can get back to the lessons, I'm making nut a little. I'm trying to think about, like, if I'm in her position, you know, laying in that water with the dolphin, we're getting off awfully friendly, and uh, I do want to get my work done. I hate, you know, seeing Peter carted off and thrown into this pool with these other dolphins. I could probably justify it, too, you know? And all she was doing was, you know, she's rub, she's like leaving her legs dangling in the water, and Peter's kind of maneuvering himself in a way to get off. <laughs> um, I wonder if you run that experiment a hundred times with like a hundred different people, how many people end up jerking the dolphin off? I feel like like 20 to 30, maybe like 20% would jerk the dolphin off. <laughs> the rest would kind of just comply and be like, yeah, go ahead and send it over. But then again, you don't know because the relationship she developed with this creature was, you know, probably akin to a human-type relationship. I believe she was in there with Peter for six months, six days a week, sleeping in that pool, dude. Imagine the level of relationship. Now, I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying get into relationships with dolphins and jerk them off. But in her head, she was doing important scientific work. Just imagine if she had succeeded. Imagine if she was able to teach a dolphin the English language and potentially, you know, other languages. At the time of, uh, of uh, Lily's book, there was talks of giving the dolphins a chair at the United Nations. <laughs> like, that's how captivating this whole thing was. Like, imagine you have all these people from all these different countries, and then there's fucking chairs for, like, dolphins and whales and shit, and they're all just, like, fucking, they're clicking and shit, and they're giving us their perspective, because they should be giving their, us their, their perspective, because, like, when we make decisions, oftentimes we're not caring about the ocean, we're not caring about a part of the earth that is so immense and vast, there should be, you know, some sort of fish species on a board on a in a chair at the fucking board of the United Nations like that should exist you know I mean I mean we have like climate specialists and whatnot but imagine having a person from the inside the person who's at, at the United Nations they should they should live underwater they should live in a submarine underwater most of the days of the year, and then they should come out when we're making important decisions. That's the person I want. I don't want a land dweller sitting in that chair. I either want a dolphin, or I want a guy or gal or whatever, a non-binary who's spending their entire life underwater for the most part. That's where I stand. Okay, I think we've really hit on most of the juicy bits of this story. Um, when you really just see Margaret and you see the interviews they do with her and you see the way she justifies this whole experience, um, it's really hard to, to say what, that, that what she did was fucked up. But, but when I, when I read it like on paper, I know it's fucked up. I know it's fucked up to, you know, have this weird relationship with a dolphin. But when you see the way she justifies it and the way she looked at it, the, the, the potential of the whole thing, then you're like, fuck, maybe it was okay. You know, you start to grapple um, with it. Long story short, the experience, the experiment was unsuccessful. 
And John Lilly at the time, he got real interested in LSD. And he got real disinterested in getting dolphins to speak English. <laughs> so uh, Lilly basically, he experimented a little bit with the dolphins, giving them LSD. And Margaret said, hey, you can't give Peter LSD. Give LSD to the other two dolphins. Don't give it to Peter. And Lily did that. But the dolphins weren't really having a reaction to the LSD. And that's kind of fascinating. Like, there's all these different substances you can give to different creatures. Um, but, but they all affect the creatures differently. So one scientist was saying that you can give uh, elephant tranquilizer to a dog and it might just excite the dog. It may not, you know... Uh, it may not, you know, put the dog down or whatever, give it a fucking anesthesia or whatever the fuck tranquilizer does, um, which was kind of mind-blowing. I thought, like, tranquilizer would kind of work on all animals, but it doesn't. The chemical operates differently in the body, just like, you know, giving a dolphin LSD did not put it into this uh, hallucination-like uh, state, whereas maybe we don't know that. You know, that makes you wonder what state, how, how the dolphins are seeing the world. Because what if the dolphins are seeing the world in this hallucination state and giving them LSD is just kind of like giving them water to, to us humans. I don't know. Um, I'd love to go wild uh, through those thought experiments. But long story short, the, the uh, acid wasn't doing much for the dolphins. <laughs> and they basically pulled the plug on this experiment where she was sleeping with the dolphin. And they sent Peter the dolphin to another lab in which he was there for maybe, I don't know, a couple weeks, and he ended up committing suicide. Dolphins have to manually breathe, and Peter decided, I'm not manually breathing. I'm shutting it down. And uh, they gave Margaret a call. She was obviously devastated because she had this powerful relationship with this creature. I wonder if that was the most, uh, if that was the closest bond she had with any creature, human and, and or animal, uh, up until that point, because imagine if she, if it was, you know, imagine if that was the closest fucking bond she had, and you get a phone call that this poor dolphin killed itself after it wasn't around you for a week, man. Mm. It's just nutty. It's nutty. Um, I wonder what happened to the other two dolphins that didn't have contact with her. I wonder if they committed suicide as well. Um, damn, this is a rough note to end it on, but that's kind of where the story ends. Shit. <laughs> Um, Margaret, you know, she would still continue to miss Peter, and, uh, in retrospect, she doesn't really think she did anything that wrong, and the media kind of spun her out to be a monster. When the first articles came out about the experiment, she, like, went to the local shop and tried to buy up all the magazines, but obviously she couldn't do that, and it became this nationwide story of, you know, woman has sex with dolphin, whereas if you... If you look at it kind of how I've described throughout this, like, it was this intense thing. It was this crazy fucking experiment that had all these crazy implications, and the jerking off of the dolphin was just one small element. And the way she basically explained it was she was there to understand Peter fully. And, you know, Peter nutting was a part of Peter, you know? <laughs> like... If you want to understand a human fully, you have to understand, you know, how they reproduce and all of that. And, and also, like, imagine having a human as a pet. Or imagine being an alien species, and you're tasked with getting a human to speak your alien language. Humans get horny. Would you jerk your human off if it meant getting the human to understand the alien language? I think, I think that's, the, that's the question you need to answer. 
And if you're the human, are you mad that this alien is jerking you off? Because if I'm there, dude, if I'm there and an alien is like, and it wants me to learn, and I get horny and I get a boner, I'm not mad that the alien's jerking me off. You know, if I'm, if I'm that level of bored, which I would be, you know, I'm not trying to learn an alien language all day long, you know, jerk me off, jerk me off. Let me splash. Okay. We got to an appropriately fucked up point. Um, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> uh, this is just going to be a little short piece. I just wanted to cover this whole story, man. This whole thing blew my mind and excited me in, in all the right ways, like in creative ways. I want to be a thinker along the lines of Lily. Um, I don't know if I, I want to be known and remembered for the fucked up things he did in terms of science, but I would like to just be able to sit down and have similar thoughts to to those of John Lilly. Um, thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you for uh, listening to this crazy mess. Um, and to anyone who sent whatever, um, thank you for sending it. I'm seeing some cow moves on here. <laughs> I don't even know what went down in this chat. All right, you guys, um, have a great rest of your day, and thank you for listening.